Well, good morning. We'll give this a try. So I've been struggling lately to try to explain what it is I do, how uh, my work in philosophy, um, in in Buddhism, in in Vedanta, in the the Chinese Book of Change, the I Ching, exploring Jung's um, explorations into the Chinese Book of Change is one thing, but how does that apply to? My apologies. How does that apply to us today? Hold on. Sorry, I had to scratch and, and I was afraid I might have uh, made some horrible noises into the microphone, but lo and behold, I did not. But as I was saying, how does this apply to every day? Well, I've explained this before that, interestingly, uh, Japanese culture has become very popular. The reason why I mentioned that, it was just uh, Lunar New Year. Uh, Lunar New Year fell on the last day of uh, the Hatsubasho. Uh, which is um, the sumo, the sumo um, uh, competition, right? Basho, I've talked about what Basho is. So it's got a lot of um, relevance to today, even though the Japanese celebrate the New Year, <clears throat> same as the Western, they still have a lot of context in their language because it came from... Well, Sino-Japanese, it's a shared language uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, I've mentioned this before, basho to most people is just a term used for a place or specifically to, relates to sumo. But if you look at the character, it breaks down to two characters. One that means warrior on the field of action, ready to take action. And the other character speaking to the place of action, the field of action, presence. Uh, being able and, and ready and, and, and willing to take action. I mean, this goes all the way back to the Bhagavad Gita, in a sense, which uh, really arguably is the idea in Taoism, in Zen or Chan, this, this um, flexible um, firmness, right? Being able to to give, but to be firm, I don't know, I don't want to go into this too, too deeply, right? Um, the other one I was going to mention is how it connects is Hakioi is now specifically just for sumo, uh, for the most part, this expression in Japanese, Hakioi, meaning, you know, good luck or get at her. But if you break it down, it goes all the way back to the Oracle Bone Scripts, the Chinese Book of Change, where it meant propitious. But the reason why I mention that, it doesn't mean like in the oracle idea, yes, the Chinese Book of Change is considered an oracle, but only in the sense that it allows you to tap into your own intuition. So when it says propitious, it's good luck, it's do your best. It's why I love the Japanese culture, because they will cheer on both sumo rikishi, these um, contestants, they'll cheer them on, both on, right? because they want to see them both do their best. Of course, they're going to cheer for the one they want to see do the best, because they think is the best. You follow what I mean. But, so, how does my uh, work apply to the modern day? So I'll give you an example. Um, as I said, Sumo Bashu just ended, and we were watching some, some uh, of the uh, interviews. And... Um, me and the wife were just talking about, uh, well, the, the basho, the sumo. Um, it was two weeks long, three Sundays. We were just talking about uh, what it was like. 
And we ended up watching one of our um, favorite channels over there. Um, it's a channel by the name of Tubby Eats. Uh, Tubby being travel, right? So watch me travel to eat sort of idea. Um, but what was interesting is they were in a, an area of Japan um, that translated, uh, again, I punched it in... I punched it into the, the translator, and it and it was really weird and 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 quite um, just weird. It was said like heavenly uh, protections of the Buddhist deities or something like that. It was just super weird. But this particular idea, it's one of the three precious areas of Japan. So when I saw the characters for this area, I could tell that the first one was sky, or of course the, the top of your head, or heaven, and the next being bridge, and the last being place. I didn't recognize the last, I'll be honest, because it's changed so much since the Oracle Bone scripts. You can actually see um, place or standing, uh, this character uh, representing, you know, standing at the beginning, standing in your place, um, originally in the Oracle Bone scripts, you could see a person um, standing, it, it, neither here nor there. But these characters much more translate, again backwards, so the first character being the last, right, standing or place or platform or uh, position, the next character being bridge, but not a bridge in a physical sense. It means a bridge to somewhere, a passage to um you know, a path to, and the final character being heaven. So if you realize that this is a uh, three-mile-long uh, sandy beach bar that just has some of the most beautiful scenery, and when you realize that uh, in Japanese um, culture, uh, you know, the heavens kind of rose out of the sea, so to be in an area where the mountains seem to just rise out of the sea into infinity, it would be this idea of, so this place often translated either as a place name or, like I said, something really obscure that didn't give any idea as to what the characters meant, um, really should be the place uh, that is a bridge to the heavens in the sense of a beautiful scenic spot. You can see, you know, the heavens, the skies, and all this jazz. It's a beautiful place to see. That's what it's named after. But in this place, there is this stone monument, uh, a stone object, obelisk, I'm kidding, I, I'm exaggerating. It's just a, a piece of stone that's, um, it looks like a big magnifying glass, or uh, almost kind of like an onk uh, without the crossbar, right? So it's like a lollipop with a little um, tab on the top. And the two gentlemen that were there, they said, well, we don't know what this is for. Supposedly it's been here for centuries. And I knew exactly what it was. Again, the name of the area is talking about uh, being a bridge to the heavens, to be able to see, or a place, right, to see through. And they actually translated, uh, I could pretty much guess, is, is they were translating the character to its most basic meaning, ka. Uh, it's Kong in uh, Mandarin, Ka in, uh, and pardon my pronunciation, but it's, it's, uh, it's, at its simplest, it's whole, sure. But the meaning has, well, it actually has, uh, 
it's cognate in Sanskrit because um, ka in Japanese, kon in Chinese is the cognate of the Sanskrit word uh, shunya. Shunya meaning, yes, it means zero. Yes, it means nil. Yes, it means absence of. But certainly in a Buddhist context, which, again, this area they're in, heavily influenced by Buddhism, and they're actually, it is a temple, essentially, this whole area. This ka isn't whole. They translated this little thing. They don't know what it's for. It's a little hole. You follow that back to the Sanskrit in India, which heavily influenced, right? Because remember, as I said, the the Vedas, the Yogacara, whatever you want to call it, this idea of shunya, shunyata, emptiness, right? Uh, flowed out of India through Tibet and China and developed into the Tibetan rite, Vajrayana, um, Chan, Zen, over in Japan. So they translated this shunya, this emptiness. But as I've said before, like Jung said, we stand at the edge of a void. It's potential. It's potential, right? Absent of uh, prejudice, absence of expectation, no attainment, as they say in the Heart Sutra. You can see it, shunya, ka, kong. You can see it um, if you understood what the characters mean. But as I said, fast forward to today, um, whole, just it looks like a looks like a coffee cup with a spoon in it, not like the original that was, you know, um, rooted plus great accomplishment, right? Someone with their arms stretched wide, bullseye, and and having you know your stuff uh, squared away. I mean, it really makes a lot of sense. This idea of understanding your place, being able to hit the target. Uh, growing, but think about this. If you're, as as Hemingway said, it's only honorable to be better than your previous self. So, if your goal is to be better than your previous self, obviously, it's an unknown. It's a potential. It's not a known. Right? Because you don't know what your better self would be until you embody that. Right? So I just wanted to share, because again, it, it talked about kismet for my um, translation class on Sunday. Uh, the secret word was uh, shaimala, right? uh, related to uh, this uh, subject that we're talking about. Right? And, and, and I'm learning to translate uh, the Nawari script, which, which is how we um, uh, record uh, Sanskrit and Pali. Right? So it's, it's amazing how... Um, tied together all of these uh, topics tend to be. But I thought I just might, uh, might share that, that um, again, this is Japan. Um, it's one of the top three um, special places in Japan, scenic out uh, views, you know, beautiful places in Japan. There's this little spot that's just a, a stone hole that you can look through to the heavens, to the skies. You can look at the beautiful scenery. But nowhere is there a little plaque explaining what I've just explained, that, right, in Japanese, the character, uh, the sound, the idea that we often consider whole is, in fact, 
a cognate that goes all the way back, not just just China, not just to China, but all the way back to India, where it teaches this idea of shunyata, emptiness, right? But not empty nothingness, but empty of uh, aversion or attachment or expectation, right? Open to the potential. But on that, I thought I'd just leave that. So have a lovely day and Om Tat Sat.